Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. It kind of can suck you in, and I'll probably watch Paradise, and it's just whole thing. I was like, it's that's how you, they get you. <laughs> that's, they got me. I didn't even see it coming until I'm like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I have a bracket. Welcome to Here to Make Friends, a HuffPost podcast about The Bachelor franchise, where we lovingly snark on The Bachelor and Bachelor-adjacent shows. Whether you love The Bachelor or love to hate it, we're here to break down every single delicious moment with you. I'm Emma Gray. And I'm Claire Fallon. As you may have noticed, there's no new episode of The Bachelorette this week. Damn you, national holiday. So instead of recapping the latest leg of Rachel's hallowed journey, we decided it was a good time to talk about Bachelorette firsts. The experience of being a first-time viewer of the show, the significance of the first Black Bachelorette, and what it's like to be kicked off of the show on your very first night. Up first, we're talking to Sharia Jackson, senior editor at Essence, about her first time watching The Bachelorette, which she's doing this season. She's written pieces like We Still Have to Be Twice as Good, Four Racial Reality Checks from The Bachelorette's Love Life, about the experience, um, which has also included her watching the first Black Bachelorette and bringing some analysis to that situation. Then we talked to Rob Howard, who you may remember, or not, from your TV screen back in May. He was one of Rachel Lindsay's suitors and was eliminated on the very first night. Rob told us all about the anticlimactic experience of being a first-nighter. But first, here's our chat with Sharia. I really just jumped all the way into this. It's such a thing. Bachelor Nation is such a thing. Perfect. That's what we want to talk about. There's so much to learn. I'm like, oh my gosh. So this is, like, really the first season of the show you've watched? It is. And, like, had you seen bits of it before? Were you, like, pretty aware of it? I had. And, I mean, I you know, I work at Essence, which is owned by Timing, sister publication with People. So I always would read about it in People and sort of follow along, see some of the clips. You see it. So I knew about it. And I was like, oh. And I've watched some episodes here and there, but never a full season. Yeah. What did you think of the franchise before you actually started watching? Um... I think I probably was a little bit skeptical, but, you know, you always saw the stories of the successful couple. So you said, well, someone's finding love, so it's kind of working. And I've watched other reality shows around relationships, so I definitely um, thought it could be interesting. I just never committed. I, I don't think that I bought into the characters or the women and men there. So I think now that I sort of found someone I identify with, I probably will keep watching because now I'll see who the next— ba- I'm already thinking, well, he'll be a good bachelor. I do think <laughs> yeah. Brian— 
will probably be the next Bachelor. Oh, um, so it's been interesting to see, even as a viewer, how it kind of can suck you in. And I'll probably watch Paradise. And it's just whole thing. I was like, it's that's how you, they get you. <laughs> that's, they got me. I didn't even see it coming until I'm like, oh, my gosh. I have a bracket. <laughs> Yeah. Who, no. Who's in your bracket? Oh, Josiah messed up my bracket. Because <laughs> uh, he started off so strong, and then he, he got so obnoxious and weird. I'm very disappointed. <laughs> he was one of my top two picks, and he, he ruined it for me. So I don't know. They always have one of those, I think, that, like, seems promising and then flames out really, yeah. <laughs> really early. I mean, it was the spelling bee, and then he was just, it was just like, oh, man, he, he's so not the guy I thought he was. <laughs> He had a lot of uh, bravado. So but much. Not, not a lot else to offer. No, and I love that she called him out. Like, you're not even trying to get to know me. And he was like, he didn't, it didn't even occur to him to shift anyway. Like, you know what? Let me, he's like, take it. <laughs> so. He's like, now I know something else about you. You've noticed that I never ask you any questions. That's great. Good exactly. talk. So, was Rachel being cast as the bachelorette kind of the thing that got you to? To Tune be honest, in. No, because I didn't even watch the I didn't watch the premiere live. It's only when people started talking about it, I was like, oh snap, I should be watching this show. And then I watched it and then why boom. And I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> it's just so good. <laughs> and it hooks and then they kept having those cliffhangers and I was like, oh my gosh, this is I'm in. It's like this is I didn't watch NBA finals, but this this I can do. Yeah. So it's, it's I mean so Bachelor loyalists often complain about the cliffhangers because the traditional format is like it ends with a rose ceremony every week. Do you think the cliffhangers are better? It's on Twitter. I love watching like the people do. I'm doing the math, whether it be a rose ceremony <laughs> tonight. Um, you know, from a content perspective, it's a genius because it works. But yeah. the reality is, I think I would still watch if there was a rose ceremony. And once there have been more rose ceremonies at the end, I'm like, oh, this is what it feels like to feel like you got a complete episode. Right. So it definitely it. It worked. I see why they do it because it works for me, but it, it definitely is disappointing when you're like, oh, what happened? But yeah. I'm back on Monday. Yeah, I guess it's kind of a better angle if you're trying to draw in new viewers as opposed to like Bachelor Nation people who expect a certain like. I know. Structure. How do you all feel about this new influx of like new fans? Have you noticed that like there's there's these new people popping up who have a lot to say? Yeah, I mean, there are always new people joining every season. I really enjoyed this season watching the, the new conversations happening. Also, Twitter is just like my favorite part oh, about yes. watching the show. And that it's like the only show that I make a point to watch live. I mean, partially for this podcast, but okay. also just because it's not as fun as if you don't get to join the conversation around it as it's happening. I love it. And can we talk about... Rachel on Twitter, like, yes. she is giving me my whole life. Oh, I love seeing her God. clap back. And and sometimes they don't even add her. So, you know, she's actually searching and t- she finds what you said and you think she didn't see it. She's like, oh, I saw it and I'm commenting. <laughs> like, and I then I'm everything. commenting back like, oh, yeah, don't be, t-, you know, so it's great. I love her. I love her on social media. She's fantastic. And I think I had heard that, like, she wasn't really a social media person at all before she was cast on The Bachelor. So I think she kind of had to create, like, her get on Instagram, get on Twitter. And I love seeing her. I feel like she's, like, discovering the power of it. It's so bad. Can I I tell you something? Yes. When my day was made when she followed me on Twitter. She followed you on Twitter? And, you know, I had to send her a DM because she followed me and she gave me access to her DMs. And I did it. Um, I would slide into her DMs, too. (laughs) Did she respond? She did. She was oh. nice. I was just giving love. Because, you know, and it's interesting because she was, I was just telling her, like, 
girl, we see you. You, you know, we're rooting, I'm rooting for you, and a lot of us are rooting for you. And I, it, you know, you see watch these shows, and of course, it's great entertainment. But she is a real person putting her real life out here, so it made me like, oh man, she was like, thank you. But I'm hoping that she realizes there's way more love than there is negativity out here. So yeah, yeah, I think overall, people are really loving her as the Bachelorette. I mean, she's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, she's very—she's like the perfect bachelorette, kind of. Like, she's beautiful. She's funny. She's smart. She's older than 25. Yeah. I mean, what do you think about the choice of Rachel? Like, do you think she's pulling it off? I think she's nailing it. And I think—it's so funny because I feel like the first episode, you've seen her sort of get more comfortable showing more of herself. I think that Demario incident really loosened her up for the cameras. It was just like, all of a sudden it was sweet, nice Rachel, and then I was like, don't try and play me. And I was like, oh my gosh, she really is like, (laughs) there's this other side of her. And I think for a lot of black women, we identify with that, just that code switching you have to do. Sometimes you are a little bit more buttoned up in a corporate setting, but like there's other parts of you that you can bring out. So I think she's a great representation, not just of, you know, from a black woman, just what it means to be a professional woman dating, you know, to be a little bit older, to, you know, have put in this time in your career. So you don't have the time to waste with someone who's not really bringing it and really looking to be a partner that would be comparable to what you've already sort of established. Yeah, I think there's such a power in seeing someone who has, like, lived life and had a career and built a life for herself, and then now she's doing that. Like, I I enjoy watching it personally so much better than seeing someone who you feel like has only, like, dipped their toes into the workforce before trying to find a husband. And I feel like she really is trying to find a – like, I don't think she's playing. Like, she's like, listen, I I I jumped over this 30-year-old mark. (laughs) I'm serious. These eggs are ready for some babies. Let's go. Yeah, apparently four, so. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, ten, depending on who she picks. Um, I mean, is there anything that frustrates you about the show that you didn't expect before you started watching? Um, I don't think I came in with – Many expectations. I mean, I was. I mean, it was. It was way surprising at the beginning. I mean, you had Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis. I was like, oh my gosh! I've always wanted to see their relationship, and so to get a taste of it on The Bachelorette was pretty awesome. Um, so it's been exciting, even with the whole Lee storyline and wondering, are they playing this sort of racism as entertainment, which is not cool. But I do overall, I think it was sort of an experience that we got to like. It's a reality of what it means to be. In America, and also to be a black woman in America, Sally, you don't get to not be black any day of your life. So the reality is in her dating life, it did show up. I don't think in real life it would have been that dramatic. And I don't like right. the fact that they played it like Kenny got hit in the eye and he didn't. But I think even that storyline, I think it forced a lot of conversations that a lot of us might not have wanted to have and sort of a guilty pleasure. Like, dang, can we just have a can we just have this be our thing? But I do think it's reflective of sort of where we are in the world. So I wasn't mad at it all the way. <laughs> Obviously, like, as as you said, Rachel is a black woman. That's not something that's never going to be a part of, like, it's always going to be a part of her identity and always going to play into um, her dating life. So what do you think about the way that the show has handled race um, in, in general, even, you know, beyond Lee's fuckery? Yeah. You know, I think I think 
you've seen it be something that there's no way around. So I think even in the casting. So part of it is like you have probably the most black guys and I'm I'm a movie that you've seen. So you see this variety of different people. So I think it's been good. Even the Will storyline when he's talking about, you know, I haven't dated a lot of black women, which is like, okay. But it was a realistic perspective of a lot of men who we might not have ever heard the thought process behind that sort of decision making. So I do think... um, it's been interesting to see how it's played out. I, I would have liked um, the producers to be a little bit more responsible, even seeing some of them tweet, like, as this is happening, like, to own it. Like, you at some point, be clear about sort of what responsibility did you have and what knowing did you have? Because, of course, like you've talked about on the podcast already, like, they, they do so much vetting. So it's not like they didn't know this guy was a loose cannon, but even to own that in some ways to be a little bit more responsible, because it can be triggering for some people to see that type of thing sort of play out. Yeah. And yeah, some of the producers will tweet things like, get the popcorn for men tell all. And it's like, this isn't fun for everyone to watch this. Um, It's a little cavalier. Um, And, you know, you've written about the pressure that black women face to be like twice as good with regards to, you know, Rachel being the bachelorette. How do you think we've seen that? play out during her time on the show well you've definitely I've appreciated I've appreciated they didn't edit out sometimes when the pressure has gotten to her I definitely think it plays and you see the guys talk about it where they're like oh she's cutting all the black guys tonight or sort of that whole dynamic yeah. and even I think sometimes you know talking to some of my friends our, our mothers are watching and my text is like oh they get favorites or attached um, and so I do think it, we've seen the pressure on her, but I'm so excited that she hasn't cracked under it, that she still is having fun in the experience, that she still seems to be following what makes sense to her heart. Because guess what? Only one person is getting married out of this, hopefully, and it's her. So, <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, our opinions, you know, <laughs> yeah, and her husband, yes, and Peter. But, <laughs> but you know, it's definitely, I've, I've been, I've been, I think it's been great to see her show that vulnerability because so often the myth around black women is we're so strong. And unfortunately, that can pin us into a hole where people forget we're human, that we're real people, that we're just women who want to be loved, too. So I think it's been great, you know, not for her. I appreciate her sacrifice to open up, but I think it's been good reminder just to bring that into the, to the public square that like, hey, we're human. We want the same things, too. So I think she's handled it well and she's having a good time and she gets to hang out with Ashton Kutcher. So she's all right. <laughs> She's like it, it worked. She's not yeah. losing it, and then she's had those great dresses. Like I don't have oh, a whole the, lot. The fashion, has you been. know, I felt a little sympathy, but she she's doing all right. Yeah. Uh, they've really upped it with the celebrity cameos this right? season. I'm I will like, say, this, have I been missing out the whole time? No, I think people just no. love Rachel. Like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was like, I hate The Bachelor, but I will come on because Rachel is the shit. <laughs> but that means he was already watching TV. He, he, was, already, he, was, yeah, watching. he was watching. He was watching. He's like a critic of the show. Oh, have you had him on the podcast? No. Oh my that God, would be I wish. the dream. I think you could do that. That would be amazing. Okay. We should, we should uh, Nick, get on it. <laughs> <laughs> um, you mentioned this, but like Rachel's in this situation where like still more than half of the guys that were cast for her were white. Um, she says she's mostly, you know, dated black men seriously in the past. A lot of her front runners now are white, and like Eric has commented on that. Um, there's like a lot of um different expectations um, and then like personal desires that she's balancing that I think a lot of white people don't even think about when Mm -hmm. we're dating. So like, what is that like for her? Do you think? Um, It's, it is a lot because she's thinking, she's understanding that anytime, you know, you break new ground, I put this in an article, there's bound to be dust. And so she's aware that every decision she make, it will be 
criticized will be picked apart because even if she picked all black people or whatever, you know, however it turned out, there would be people who felt uncomfortable or sort of internalized her own personal decision. I do think I'm learning a lot just watching her because in some ways I haven't seen sometimes I think sadly the black guys are thinking so much about the experience that they're not they in some ways they haven't all really just stepped to say let me get to say let me just be a man trying to romance a woman and take everything else off the table but I do think there's so much a lot going on and you see that in the house and you look at Brian you look at Peter you look at these guys who just go in I think also how we've been socialized you have to as a black woman you are combating the reality that you have been there's a society expectation around you or a stereotype that you've been hypersexual, you're oversexualized of what it means to be a black woman. And so you already are thinking about that. Even So I'm excited to see her just be free to kiss and make out and have fun and not think about that. But I do think I see, I've seen some of the guys who've held back a little bit or even oh, I I wanted, I, I felt like Tyra Banks, I was rooting for Fred and he just never stepped up. Like oh. when he asked her for that kiss, it was like the kiss of, I'm like, you don't ever ask him. Like <laughs> this was just awkward for all of us. So you do see, and I don't think it's necessarily just a simple matter of race, but I do think you've seen the guys who are hanging around. The type of guy she does like is someone who really sort of takes charge, and some of the guys haven't found their confidence within themselves to do that. And so you see how that sort of has had them stumble where they aren't able to get the chemistry going with her as quickly. And so it's been interesting. I don't Is it a race thing? I don't necessarily think it's that simple as black and white, but it is something that I'm noticing like, hmm, there might be something here that yeah. we can explore. That's really interesting. It makes me think of like stereotype threat, just like the reminder that you're like in a place where you're not expected to be can really get in your head. Yeah. And you see that sometimes with Lee, like deliberately goading them, but also just generally they're figuring out the environment and it takes the focus away from Rachel. Absolutely. And I was so disappointed in Will because I feel like he was someone who had sort of had been experienced or had enough cultural competency to maybe overcome some of that. And he had his moment and it was just like, oh, just go sit down. Yeah, he did not take advantage of that. It was so awkward. Oh, that was so sad when she was like, he didn't even hold my hand. He really went like from the very top with that little explainer (laughs) to Lee and then like to the depths the next episode. That was a rough, a rough trajectory. Poor Will. I think he, yeah, he's been pretty vocal on social media about implying that perhaps there was some creative editing done. They're always in that day. Yeah. There was only so much editing that was they didn't edit. Yeah. Also true. You know, like, yeah. They didn't edit together the things we saw him say. Um do you think you're gonna keep watching? After Absolutely. This and I think I'm like I'm like, oh, this is how it happens because I'm invested. You're like, and now I know Twitter, who these guys are. I have a bracket and I'm in Bachelor Nation tweeting. So I'll probably be back for the next season of The Bachelor just to see. And then if there's a girl I like who's on there, who then becomes the next bachelorette. So I feel yeah, I don't you know. can't escape. Right. It's like they have to keep getting a compelling character and if they do then that's how you end up like us and yeah. you just <laughs> that's sacrifice really all your Monday nights when they started cycling like because it used to just be freely cast bachelors oh. um, I can't imagine caring enough if it was I know like well they that. get a prince there was a prince yeah. once and a football player another time but they I like this way better me too I, I want to be I want to like feel as though I vaguely know the person yeah, exactly <laughs> Who um, would your choices be for Next Bachelor? Like I mean, three. What are who are three that you would watch? I mean, of course, Peter, but we think he's the Bachelorette's husband. Uh, Dean. Oh, I heard you all say Dean on last week's episode. I think he's a little young, but he's so cute. Yes. Yeah. 
he's so cute. And he's a little woke. I appreciated him getting Lee together a little bit. So I would watch Dean. Brian, I do think Brian's cheeks, I did notice the cheeks. I'm glad that that's a kind like, I, it's just like they're just a little too thick. They're, you know, and I have thick cheeks, but I'm bruh. That's just, something's not all the way right there. Who else would I watch? I would watch Kenny. Um, yeah, I think though, Kenny would be good. I don't think he made it quite far enough for them to pick him, but he'd no, be really entertaining. He would. I mean, he's he's got such a extreme of, like, this softness and then, like, this brawn of, like, I'm a wrestler. So I don't know who I'd watch. Who else would you watch? I I might actually watch Will. I would be kind yeah. of interested. I don't know if he has, like, enough intensity to carry the show. Well, yeah. apparently his like, relationships have been very passionate in the past. I, well, I mean personality, intensity of personality. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. I really liked him. Yeah, I did like him, but then it just felt like there was no sizzle. It just was. He I disappointed know. me so much on that date. Yeah. Okay, we're done with Will. He's done. <laughs> I mean, I, I kind of am holding out hope for, for Peter. But if she doesn't choose Peter, I think he'll definitely be the Bachelor, and I would yeah. definitely love to watch that <laughs> Bachelor Nation. Who else would she choose? Peter. You think Brian? Brian. Brian. That's going to be interesting. Because she's, she's so in She's just not going to want to stop kissing him. She's going to be like, I can't. I can't let your mouth go. <laughs> and that'll, I want this that'll mouth be it. enveloping mine for the rest of my life. <laughs> I want your tongue searching my tonsils until we die. So sexy. Yeah, it's great. All right. Well, thank you again thank for joining you. us. And please come recap sometime. I'll be here. We're taking a quick break, but please don't go anywhere. We'll be back in a minute to talk with Rob Howard about being eliminated on night one of The Bachelorette. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes there will be something that is just like nagging at me, bothering me about something in my life, and I just swirl it around and around and around in my head and don't quite know how to address it. And something that can really help me sort that through and like, take action is therapy. I completely agree. I've been really stressed lately because I've just been getting sick over and over again. And before I know it, I'm feeling a lot of emotions and I don't even connect where they're coming from with the actual origin. We all carry around these stressors, right? And when we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a great safe space to get things off of your chest and figure out how to actually work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash love to see it today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash love to see it. Okay. So you got engaged. Congrats. Now you may be wondering what comes next. If you're planning a wedding, the first thing you need to know about is Zola. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry, and even taste your cake. Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and actually even enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or, you know, from your couch, which is certainly how, uh, if I was planning a wedding, I would definitely want to do it as loungily as possible. (laughs) So important. I also just know myself. I, I know that 
planning any kind of event, like even a birthday party can get very stressful. And so it's been really cool to see friends use Zola. It really seems to make everything a lot less stressful. And as a frequent wedding attender, I love to be able to hop on that Zola registry and just purchase a gift. Easy peasy. I know I've done it. I won't forget. Thank you, Zola. Yeah, everything's all in the same place. It's perfect. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. I am so glad that it's finally warming up. And it also means that I just want to have fun this summer and I don't want to be worrying about meal prep. And luckily, I can do something about that with Factor, especially because they have so many meal options like Protein Plus, Keto, Vegetarian, something for every diet. Their fresh, never frozen meals are ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every single week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Make your whole day delicious. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. I love having a few factor meals just sitting in my fridge, especially because I work from home. It's so nice to finish up a taping and not have to figure out what to cook myself. Just look in my fridge and be like, oh, in two minutes, I can be eating mushroom chicken thighs and wild rice or tomato basil chicken risotto or Santa Fe style green chili beef skillet. And they always have a nice like vegetable side. It feels well-balanced. I feel full after, and it's not a headache at all. Head to factormeals.com slash LTSI50 and use code LTSI50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code LTSI50 at factormeals.com slash LTSI50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Oh, I'm so happy the weather is finally turning. If you, like me, have been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune, then Quince is for you. You can build up a lineup of timeless pieces that will keep you looking effortlessly chic year after year. Like premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings right on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, as well as premium fabrics and finishes. I love Quince for all these staples. I mean, linen is my favorite summer fabric. They have so many amazing linen staples. I also found my new go-to like summer running around to the playground in the coffee shop bag. It's the pebbled Italian leather front sling bag. I can just fit a wallet and my phone and my AirPods in it, maybe some lip balm. Absolutely perfect. I'm so obsessed with it. And the price was exactly what I wanted to. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash LTSI for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash LTSI. 
Anyone who's been listening to this podcast for a while or even not that long knows that we love article. I mean, honestly, I'm looking around my home right now. Coffee tables from article. That lovely chair out on my deck. Article. Our big console. Article. I'm My bed frame. Article. This is an article household. It is. And it's, I mean, it was an inspiration to me. We finally got our first article piece of furniture recently, our new couch. And my husband and I are both constantly just like, how did we live before this couch? This is such an improvement over what we had before. It's so comfortable. It just seems to get more comfortable every day. I mean, it's the couch you dream of. And the reason that we have both been able to find ideal furniture on Article is because Article believes in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their online-only model, they have some really delightful prices, too. Their curated assortment of mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandi, and boho designs makes furniture shopping simple. And their team of designers are all about finding that perfect balance between style, quality, and price because we all want the best of all of those three things united in one piece of furniture, right? Plus, they're dedicated to thoughtful craftsmanship that stands the test of time and, you know, looks good doing it. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash LTSI, and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash LTSI for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. Okay, let's get this party started. Uh, Hi, Rob. Thanks so much for joining us. Emma, Claire, my pleasure. Thank you so much for the invite. (laughs) So just to kick us off, like, how did you wind up on the show in the first place? (laughs) That is a good question. A lot of people ask me that because I hadn't um, really been much of a fan of reality TV at all. Um, And somebody somebody actually nominated me for this thing, uh, who I grew up with back in Calgary, Canada. And um, my first reaction was, uh, I mean, no way. And I don't understand what this is. I don't know what... um, what they're looking for. So uh, I just kind of didn't really think I was going to do it. But then she got um, involved in the uh, application process before I even said yes. And she she filled out this massive, beautiful um, application about uh, what a great guy I am and all these fun stories. And that she just sold it so well. She says, just show up for this thing, Rob. There's an open casting call right down the street. She said, go. I've already filled it out. All I have to do is show up. I said, fine, I'll go. I'll get cut. I'll move on with my life. And that's kind of what happened. <laughs> yeah, just a little little further down the line. So what was the rest of the casting process like once you went to the call? The um, the open casting calls, as, as they call it, um, it was actually it was a lot of fun. It was uh, I was totally um intimidated, unprepared. I didn't understand what the franchise was all about, but I figured just, you know, go check it out. Um, it was at this beautiful venue, um, in Houston called the Houston Aquarium. And they had, uh, um, all these cameras around and they had a little bar in the side and they had, uh, lots of, you know, big energy and all these, um, good looking people around. I thought, Hey, this is going to be fun. So went out and, uh, Checked it out. Just got jumped in an Uber. Didn't even tell my roommates I was going to be doing this thing. Or nobody. Just like hoodie up, sunglasses on, side door, into the Uber. <laughs> shot over to the <laughs> shot over to the venue and uh, had some fun with it. And so we were like, we wanted to be 
they want the energy to be high and people to be having fun with it. And once I sort of had a, uh, got a little more comfortable with what we were doing, um, it became a little more natural. And first thing I remember walking up to this venue was this just this huge line of people. And it was like, um, well, now what? So I had my little papers and my application and my photos that had been sort of organized for me. And I went up trying to look like I fit in and, uh, and sort of went through the, 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 um, the, Hey, how you doing of the whole process. And then do they fly you out to LA for like a second round? Yeah, that was, so that was the, um, the first, my first experience with, the um, with the casting part, the casting call, you, um, I, I walked through the line and I gave them my application and, and then you sort of talk to, uh, one of the casting producers one-on-one and they have the, uh, a, a camera going and you're, you're chatting with them very candidly. And, um, and then they sort of wrap it up and say, we're going to hold on your stuff and, uh, we know how to get a hold of you. So that was, uh, I think in the summer of last year, uh, when this whole thing started for me. So that was way, way before I got any kind of callbacks. And then I got a callback. They mentioned that they were going to bring me to the next part of the process. And they said, come on up to this, this other audition, brought me out to Dallas. And it was a little more of a sort of a round two kind of interview. And so in that it was, it was just me. Uh, and we had like actual interview sort of slots that we would go through and we would be talking about, um, kind of ourselves, our story, our love life, things we want missing in our life while we want to do a reality TV show. And, uh, that was sort of step number two. Right. So at, at what point did you find out that you were probably going to be on the season? It was, um, actually it was a lot less determinative than I had anticipated. It was, um, I was expecting to get like a former or a formal offer letter from some, from maybe their legal team or some kind of, a, um, a confirmation that I knew this is now the time that I'm on the show, but, uh, it was much more relaxed of a, of a process than that. It was, um, being in law school, I was expecting a, a standard like offer acceptance. This is now a contract. This is what you're doing. I was expecting it to be like a, uh, like a formal, a formal interview, um, that led to a formal job offer, <laughs> but, um, that never really happened. It was more of a, um, it was more of a, just kind of, Oh yeah, no, you're on it. This is, you've been on it. We decided this guys, like weeks ago. <laughs> nice to be like, oh, news to me. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. And of course, everybody's asking me, like, oh, Rob, so w- w- are you really doing this show? Like, are you really going to do this? And it's exciting because, you know, you want to tell people about it, but you have all these confidentiality agreements and things that are sort of, you're not really sure what you can say and can't say. So it's, um, Yes, it's really like an interesting process. Just the casting alone is fun. Um, it feels like you got this cool little secret that you want to tell people and eventually will be able to. Yeah. At what point did you find out that Rachel was going to be The Bachelorette? I had a suspicion um, before they announced it. I was pretty much 80, 90% sure that was going to happen. But I had applied for the show before she had made it was made public that she was going to be The Bachelorette, as I think just about everybody does. So it was, um, and we're talking months and months of casting and I don't know, maybe thousands of applications that go into this thing, maybe tens of thousands. And, um, I found out well after this, my second trip to LA, I think, uh, maybe 
yeah, it was it was definitely late in the process. Anyways, did you have your eye on any of the girls from next season? Yeah, well, hey, they're all great. I mean, they all are sort of have their own thing going on, and they're all there because there's something very remarkable about them, particularly, I mean, for the show, and they're interesting. Um, and uh, But Rachel was a standout for me. I thought we had a ton in common. I looked up to her professionally. I still do. And she's like, um, we're both Texan residents. She's a Texan native. I, I moved down there. Um yeah, so I thought compatibility was a good fit for her, and I kind of was hoping that uh, she would be the one. Yeah. So what were you looking to get out of going on the show by the time you signed up? Like, love is a possibility, but for most of the guys, that's not what they come away with. So what did you hope for? Well, you guys actually had a pretty good quote one time. You talked about how the show was an influencer creator, essentially. <laughs> um, yeah. And you talked about it. I, th- I, think that was, I think I got that from one of the Here to Make Friends episodes that I was studying before I went on the show. <laughs> we were but, so honored to think that we you know, could be in the canon of necessary uh, Bachelor Nation materials. So thank you for that little ego boost. <laughs> <laughs> well, you should be. I mean, I, uh, I think I listened to the whole, I went from zero listening to any podcast to listen to your entire season. And uh, yeah, no, it helped uh, certainly in the casting process. And then um, to get me where I, at least on the show. So that was fun. But to answer your question, um, yeah, I think a lot of people go on the show thinking that it's a, they don't really know what it's going to be, but it's like, it's going to be something big after they know that, um, they don't have control over how they're portrayed and they know that it's probably, they're they're not likely to win it in the end because it's, it's just so competitive. But, um, what they, I think people do understand is that they get this massive media boost particularly on Instagram. And then they look at um, trying to get companies to approach them and uh, offer um, advertising opportunities through that and uh, sponsorship. And that's kind of um, the mentality that I had going into it. I mean, if the shoe fit, I was hoping, you know, I'm ready to get married and all that stuff, but uh, I wasn't going to force it. And I realized that it's a very, um, I don't know, unnatural way to meet somebody with all the cameras and the hype and the competition going on. So I was just going into it expecting something big, but I couldn't really identify exactly what it was. Yeah. You got to go in open-minded. Um, yeah. So how long were you in LA before filming actually started? Yeah, we've heard that the contestants are often kind of sequestered before filming starts. <laughs> yeah. The, um, it was a uh, pretty, interesting little while i'm not exactly sure much about how much of the um casting process i'm allowed to really talk about but (laughs) we were there uh um before the actual limo reveal and we were we were sequestered is is a good way to put it we weren't allowed to talk to anybody had to give up our phones right away it's like you're on total lockdown we had to order room service the whole time uh we were given a a moderate per diem that almost covered our food expenses (laughs) <laughs> and it was like, it's like we, we couldn't, if we wanted to work out, it's like you have to call the room and have them slot a particular time for you to get, hit the gym because they don't want us to meet each other before the um, big limo reveal because then there's going to be a backstory that the audience will understand. Right. So you're, did you start so, to go a little bit stir crazy? Oh, totally. From day <laughs> one. I mean, I, here I am in a foreign country flown out to an, uh, location i'm not even allowed to know about and they can't talk to anybody about it 
I can't reach out to anyone about what's going on. So I'm just like, okay, Rob, here you go. What did you get yourself into? <laughs> and uh, as long as you as long as you look at it, I think with like the positive vibe that um, that they uh, that's needed for television, I think that uh, it can be a lot of fun. Did you bring any books or anything? I sure did. As a matter of fact, I um, chalked that up to the preparation process for this thing. I uh, I was very very intimidated by. Um, by how I thought the producers might and make me look in this thing and probably a little bit too much. And I think I chalked that up to working for a law firm and just being cautious in like, just as a, as a character trait. But the two books that I read um, were again, from your show, Andy Dorfman, it's not okay. was one of them. <laughs> wow. Uh, I heard about you guys plugging it, which is one of the reasons I'm interested in talking to you. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> you guys are just, so good at the um, marketing side, and then the other one was one by Courtney Robertson called uh, um, "Here to Make Not Here to Make Friends." I yeah, think. yeah, we've uh, we've read that one too. Yeah, Bachelor Classic. <laughs> they, yeah, and I think you guys talked about how it was pretty interrupt. I think you guys talked about how it was like they were both juicy, but for different reasons. And I think you were great <laughs> on that. Yeah, it covers the full spectrum. Do you remember these things? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. So it's okay. So I'm not just making this up. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> we're so, we're um, impressed yes, by your book. memory. Thanks. Well, maybe I'll make a good lawyer one day. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Wish me luck. But yeah, I read those two books, and I was sort of right from the beginning. And I think this is one of the reasons I went home right away. Is for it to work, you have to totally surrender yourself to the producers and the whole process. Otherwise, it's like they're going to feel your suspicion, and you're not going to they're not going to create these opportunities for you to do your thing. And um, I had I was unapologetically suspicious from day one, and I just <laughs> probably too much. And I, I would have Courtney's book out right on the desk when they would come visit me. I'm like, look, I'm reading about this. I know what you're up to. This is how it's supposed to be. Oh, my and, God. Uh, I'm sure the end, they hated that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, it's just, it's just I, I can't go into this without being as prepared as possible. And so um, whether they liked it or not, I sort of had this attitude that, like, um, I need to defend myself. And I, I sort of, if I could do it again, I, I think that I wouldn't have been so um, suspicious, like be aware of, of what you're saying. But uh, I, I think I kind of took myself out of the running by being so like, it, it felt like the Hunger Games to me. Yeah. We sent you in overprepared, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So walk us through a little bit your time actually on camera. Like, just in terms of the timing, like when did you walk out of the limo and meet Rachel? And then what time were you sent home? Like how long was that filming? It's uh, I think it's pretty common knowledge now that uh, it's like it's not exactly a two hour filming deal. Like they film a lot <laughs> and then they use certain parts of it um, to curate the story that they're that that is being told. And um, I mean, the sun's up when we left and it was like barely dark when we started so i'll let you guys do the math on that but it was a long long night and we're talking about you know open bar available there was a bit of food too and um cameras going the whole time so how much time did you actually get to spend talking with rachel that night it uh we're 32 guys uh on this deal and then one one night uh when they also have to sort of make their decisions production wise it it really wasn't as much time as i know um, particularly 
I think this season has more contestants on it than most of them. Yeah. That they allowed in by a lot. Like, um, well, anyways, there was, uh, certainly more, more guys cast for this part of the sh- or this season, the show. And, um, yeah, it wasn't a lot of one-on-one time. I, I was anticipating like regimented slots for me to like sit down and have a, like a, a, a conversation with her. But, um, I mean, I'm not sure if I should give an actual number, but it was not a lot of time. <laughs> did you have to kind of ask for that time yourself or did you like what, what's sort of the process to getting that time when there's so many men kind of vying for like five minute conversations? Good question. And really, I don't think there's much of a process. I think it's in the producer's vested interest to um, create a moment where the contestants are expected to to act um, and expected to, to to crawl over each other to try to get their moment of sunshine, moment in the uh, in the spotlight. So it uh, like a lot. Some of the guys go on the show and they don't even get to talk to her the, the first night, and then they end up going home a lot of the time. So what the producers do is like, hey, Rob, are you going to do something? Go talk to her now, or can you talk to her now? Or just wait and do this. And they certainly guide your um, – they don't let you cut people off right when you want to cut them off, but they uh, encourage people to cut them off enough, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of times people make fun of contestants on the show who leave early in the season if they get really emotional um, because, you know, mm-hmm. you just got dumped by someone that you didn't really know. Um, but, you know, what is it like really emotionally to leave your your life and come to L.A. and be up all night at this party and then get sent home at the end of the night? Like, what is that like psychologically? Oh, it's it's uh, exhausting. It's and it's terrifying, actually. It's it's uh, um. I mean, it certainly wasn't. I didn't feel like I got broke up with. I feel like I missed out on a good job opportunity. Is really what it felt like. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. And like, if I'm talking real, uh, that's exactly how it felt. Because after talking to somebody for not that long, to uh, all these emotions that people feel, I think they're more. It's it's a mix between disappointment of you know being sent home right away without getting more out of the franchise combined with like, well, like embarrassment. And then what's, what's everybody going to think of this in two months when I finally get to see how this plays out. So those are two big ones. Um, Being scared about how you might be portrayed and like being vulnerable without any control of, of, of how you're going to look in front of 8 million Americans and, um, and then embarrassment, but it wasn't a romantic thing for me, to be honest, as much as, like I would have liked to have had the opportunity to maybe develop some feelings. It just, I, I didn't feel that. Yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense. And so when the show did air, did you catch um, Chris Harrison comparing you to Tom Cruise? Yeah, I did. I, did. <laughs> He's, uh, I, I got a lot of mileage out of that. Talking about it too. <laughs> the, yeah. um, well, we're again, glad was, you got uh, something. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I got a lot, a lot of mileage out of that. And, um, yeah, that was fun. Again, I was like, no idea what to expect. I My Facebook didn't work at the time because I deactivated it before going on to the show just because I thought that was a good idea. And so I couldn't even log on to see Chris Harrison doing his live <laughs> reveal of the contestants. So that was scary. 
but um again i i uh i gotta give it to the producers they do put on a great show and as much as like of uh, a bit as, as much as i would have liked to get more out of it um i think they were pretty kind in the end yeah so after you left that morning, did they just give you back your phone and send you home? Is there like an exit process? A waiting period? Yeah, oh, man. It's, um, so these producers are, I think, the best probably in the world at what they do. We're, we're talking about American, California, reality TV show producers. And they uh, can make you feel like the most important person in the world. And they can make you feel like like just nothing. And they can make you feel scared or... Um, they're just really good at sort of moving the puppet strings of people's emotions. And, um, so yeah, when I went home, it was like the sun was up now and they put us on a bus with, uh, with the other seven guys who got sent home. And it was like, I think I was on a plane about three hours later. Wow. That is efficient. They basically make everybody pack their bags before they head out and say, um, you know, be ready to get sent home if, and not come back to your hotel. Wow. Did you get a chance to bond with the other uh, night one guys? I did, actually. Yeah, there's um, most people ask about me. They say two things when they're trying to be supportive and they don't always understand what's what happened. They say either one thing. They, they say either Rachel big mistake that she had and she's Rachel sucks and this and that. And I say, actually, nah, she, she doesn't even know me. She doesn't she doesn't suck at all. She's just uh, I mean, she's under a lot of pressure in this and that. And um, and I don't feel like that in any way. And, uh, and then the other thing that they do to try to support me is tell me, well, that guy is really bad. And, and what, boom, can you believe that he made it? And you didn't. And, <laughs> and this guy, and what about this guy? And, um, and to be honest, I got along great with the dudes. I actually had more of a, like fun hanging out with the guys in and just enjoying the experience. And I did trying to crawl over the other dude to <laughs> get my 10 minutes to talk to the lead of the show. <laughs> Do you still talk to any of the guys you met? Yeah, we do. It was a few of us in a group text, and um, particularly the um, my best buds are uh, Jed, Jedediah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then Blake K and Mohit, a lot of the first-round guys. Yeah. Yeah, there were some good first-round yeah, guys. there were. I think that, like, the, the uh, your guys' cast in general is pretty good. I, I think so, too. <laughs> it's uh, it's an, an older crew. Um, a lot of the guys are fairly have some good things going on professionally. Um, I, I certainly didn't stick around long enough to have any sort of beef with anybody. And I, I think, I think it was a pretty strong cast this year. At least yeah. I'd like to think so being sent home in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> it was very competitive. Um, so exactly. Yeah. We're graded on a curve. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, one thing, uh, that happened the first night is that Milton, uh, or was it the second? Oh gosh, I'm losing track already. Um, Milton got sent home before getting to wear all of his outfits that he got for the show. Um, and I know that often there's like a big packing list involved with going on the show because you have to be ready for all kinds of dates and conditions. So were you disappointed that you didn't get to wear all of your bachelorette outfits on TV? Uh, definitely. Yeah. I put a lot of thought into that. I, um, I mean, we had to pay for all our own clothes too. A lot of people don't understand that. And um, I think the extra pressures on the female contestants when they go on this thing, sometimes people are like cashing in their 401ks and it's, um, and it, it's a lot of time and thought goes into the outfits that the contestants are wearing. And, uh, and then to like pack these bags and have all spend all this money and this time and effort to try to like update your wardrobe and think about different possible scenarios. You, you might need them. 
it's uh yeah, it is disappointing um did you keep note, the tags on the clothes also, <laughs> <laughs> you know if i was smart like you gals maybe i would have <laughs> needed an, uh, i needed a wardrobe update anyway so what the heck <laughs> a blessing in disguise really <laughs> yeah totally and then the other thing is, is it's really hard to pack for 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 the show because they do give you a list, but it's fairly general. And I mean, how do you pack for a trip that you have no idea where you're going, what you're going to do, or how long you're going to be gone for? Did you stick to the like two suitcase rule? I hear that a lot of contestants just bring like extra bags. <laughs> I did. I did. I, I stick to the rules <laughs> so much, probably to my detriment with this show. <laughs> I don't think that. I think I might be the only cast member on the show who actually sticks to the. Packing rules, the media rules, what you're supposed <laughs> to talk about, not. and um, But whatever, that's just, I can't change that about me. That's it. No, I get it. I'm a rule follower, too. It's totally normal. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, would so you... Packing was tricky. Yeah. But not impossible, <laughs> I suppose. So what was it like when you came back and you had told all your friends and family where you were going and, you know, you might be gone for weeks and weeks? Now you're back. What's that like? <laughs> well, here's an interesting perspective on that. First of all, how do people know to ask you about it if you're not supposed to tell anybody? Mm. And part of the reason was is because in this open casting call, they had um, they invited a lot of local media there. And they had like done this interview with all, a bunch of different people. And they, I was on the local news talking about um, this and that. And so people saw that. And then they started asking me. And then as soon as... I wasn't around anymore. It was like, people were thinking, well, did he end up doing it? And if nobody asked about where I was going, when I just like disappeared for weeks and weeks at a time, I think that would be pretty sad. <laughs> so, um, they do, I mean, they did know to ask about it and, uh, they, but they did know it was coming because of they let just enough media in there to make it known. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So then to come back, um, I think you asked me about what it's like to come to say I'm going to be gone for X amount of months and then come back after a week or two or whatever. And now here I am. <laughs> and that is disappointing. It is very, very disappointing because you just see the, like the first look that people give you to like, Oh yeah, he's really back now. And he's really, this thing didn't work out for him. And we were rooting for you. And it just feels like I disappoint a person every time that we talk about it over each time I do it, but Aww. it's actually a pretty easy conversation to turn around because I think as an aspiring lawyer of all the ways this could have ended for me to leave on night one without like a bunch of negative footage about me doing silly things and still get that little bit of notoriety and to be chat with chatting with you gals about it. It's actually a pretty fun, pretty good way of all the ways it could end it. Yeah, you didn't make yourself look like a complete idiot on national television. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> it's a real yeah, win, I mean, actually. <laughs> and and I really did approach it like it was the Hunger Games in this thing, where like know your enemy. It's it's not the other contestants, but like it's no death, Rachel, yeah. no no killing involved. Exactly. Hopefully, exactly. Yeah, it'd be like yeah, you got into the Hunger true. Games and then you just ran away on the first day <laughs> before anyone killed you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. But it's, you know, it's so much fun. My parents were right behind me on it and they had, they were so supportive. Um, I think mom's probably listening right now. So, hey, hey, mom. <laughs> and also, um, 
I mean, just everybody in my life, shockingly, um, like to, to a degree that, uh, I'm not even sure I deserved. So Aww. that means a lot. So would you want to ever do another bachelor show? Yeah. You know what? Now that I've done it and I feel a little more comfortable with the experience, um, it has been a positive one all in all. And, uh, I, I would uh, certainly consider doing another bachelor show, whatever that might look like. Um, one of the only reasons I, I don't, I would be hesitant is not because of all the reasons that I had said before, but because you need to take a lot of time off to do this show. Yeah. Like work wise, school wise, and life is not really set up for you to just disappear for six to eight weeks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's challenging. Yeah. We've noticed a lot of contestants are, um, sort of self-employed and flexible careers, which is probably makes a lot of sense. But no, I had a lot of fun with it and I would, uh, you know, it's fun. The whole the experience is not just about the casting process and then filming the show. It's, it's about, it's about um, watching the fans and how they get excited about stuff and little interactions and, and, um, and podcasts and Instagram and, and media and telling your friends about it and seeing the excitement in their eyes when you run through these stories and stuff. Like it's, it's just, big exciting thing that just i'm still on this ride so would you say you're a bachelor nation member now <laughs> i don't think i could get off this vaccination train <laughs> if I tried, you know and fortunately it's uh it's a ride that i'm enjoying and uh yeah i totally am awesome well thank you so much for joining yeah, us it was today. a delight to chat with you it was a delight to chat with you guys, too. Thank you again for the guidance over the last year and stuff. I wish you all the best luck with the podcast and uh, hit me back anytime. And maybe, you know, we'll see you on a future Bachelor Winter Games. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, I am Canadian, so if there's any producers listening, I know how to skate and ski and do all that Canada stuff. Bring Rob on for the curl. <laughs> yeah, you would be the only one who could stay upright during any of the ice games, probably. <laughs> Well, hey, cast me a vote. You guys probably have to vote. <laughs> we'll see what we can do. And that's it for Here to Make Friends. Thanks to our guests, Sharia Jackson and Rob Howard, and of course to our producer, Nick Offenberg. If you haven't yet, this off week is a great time to find a moment, find Here to Make Friends on Apple Podcasts, give us a rating, subscribe. It really helps people find the show. We're also on Facebook, so please like our page. You can find us both on Twitter. I'm at Claire E. Fallon. And I'm at Emma Lady Rose. Or you can send us an email at heretomakefriends at huffpost.com. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with more of Rachel's journey. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.